0: Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. I believe this is the series you've been waiting for. If you listen to our podcast called Innovation Meets Leadership, you know we talk about the merger between innovation and leadership. And well, today we're starting a series on innovation. And this episode is all about corporate innovation. And stick around to the end because I want to give you my free innovation assessment. So let's dive in. In the last 15 years, I've seen a lot of things done well and a lot of things done poorly when it comes to building products. And yes, I'm one of the ones that's done things poorly in the past. But I want to talk to you today about how to create a culture that focuses on innovation and how to look for this when you're potentially looking at an organization. And so, furthermore, I feel it's so important to demystify this word innovation. Sometimes this word can feel lofty and disconnected from the day-to-day work that we know we have to do to keep the business afloat. Now, about a year ago, I created this Innovation Starter Guide and... One of the things throughout my career I've found is that there's five areas that people have to focus on if they're going to be innovative. The first one is the health of the team. The second one is this leadership buy-in. So leadership has to buy into the idea of innovation. The third one is having an ideation framework where good ideas can survive. And the fourth one is funding designation. So ensuring that you fund what matters and you fund it well. And the fifth is strategy alignment. I want to dive in and talk about these five areas today because I believe they make or break innovation efforts. And so the first area I want to talk about is healthy teams. Why? Because it's the foundation of innovation and we build up from there. Look, here's the hard truth. If you can't get along, you're not ready to grow. Here's what I've found. Innovation is no longer about brilliant individuals. It's about brilliant teams and growth only magnifies problems. You can't ignore these problems or make them go away. You have to figure out how to get your team to work together. And I know that you know this, but we only have so much energy that we can bring to the table each day. And what I've found is that constant disagreements and infighting, it drains our energy and it puts us in a state of fight or flight at work. So you can either have dysfunctional teams or you can have innovation, but it's nearly impossible to have both over a long period of time. And one of the things I would say is, you know, to look at your team and look at whether or not they're creating and bringing ideas to you. If they're not creating new things and bringing ideas to you, there may be some dysfunction that's happening in the organization that's pushing innovation down. So if dysfunction is hurting the team, let's talk about what gives rise to innovation. And there's a bunch of stuff, but I'm only going to talk about a few of these ideas today. The first thing that I really feel strongly about, and you probably hear me talk about this all the time, is psychological safety. So you have to ask yourself, does my team feel safe? Do they feel safe to collaborate together and create new ideas? do they feel safe to have candor with one another? So do they communicate openly and honestly with one another without fear of retribution? These are all the things that are encompassed in psychological safety. But there's also something else in there, which is the willingness to fail and the organization allowing for failure. You know, I think about the Albert Einstein's of the world and some of the innovators of the past and what life would have been like for them working in a corporation. I think a corporation may have stifled their creativity to the point where they may have never created the inventions that they were meant to create. Why? Because most organizations don't allow for failure. So I find that what happens is we're constantly putting up our wins and not talking about our failures. We hide them. And when that happens, there's no one to speak into those failures and figure out how to evolve them. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to someone on a product team who said, well, we tried it this way and it didn't work. So we moved on. And I'm like, so you tried it once, it didn't work and you moved on. Well, yes. Okay, great. Let's take a look at the plan. Man, you guys got 80% of the way there and you quit. Let's talk about the other 20% and how we could have gotten further. So I find that some of the most incredible innovators may have been stifled, right, in an organization. And so we need to think about how to help people get that last percentage of the mile of the way there where they may have stopped. You can only do that if you allow failure in your organization. And I want to contrast for you for just a second the difference between failure and incompetence. Incompetence is found when someone makes the same mistake over and over again. And I don't believe in allowing that within the organization. But failure is people who are experimenting, they're learning from those experiments and they're growing and trying new things. That's critical to an organization's success. So is there a joy of experimentation and curiosity in your team? One of the ways you'll know this is whether or not your team makes statements or asks questions. I would love for you to go into your next team meeting and just observe for about 10 minutes. Listen to the conversations that are happening back and forth. Are the teams making statements or asking questions? Questions lead to creativity and creativity creates paths for innovation and new products. So the next time you're really tempted to make a statement, turn that statement into a question. And the last piece that I really feel when we talk about healthy teams is very important is the idea of the flatness of the organization. Because what happens when there's too many layers is it's impossible to get anything done. And what we find is that the person that holds the budget is light years away from the frontline employee. And that creates a problem where customer facing ideas never make it to the executive row. Now, of course, you can innovate if you don't have some of these things, but why would you want to, and especially over a long period of time? What I have found to be true is when you make the switch to going after innovation or transformation as an organization, you die to yourself, your ego, and your ways of working, and you embrace a broader mandate. We stop saying, who am I and what do I want? And we start saying, who are we? and what do we want? So the real question for innovation when it comes to teams is what do we value and how are we going to work? These shared values and shared goals, they actually create a team that moves as one in the same direction. Now to illustrate this point for you, in the year 2000, Russell Crowe starred in this movie called The Gladiator. And there's a scene where they're all in the arena and the chariots are there to fight the gladiators AKA the prisoners. And in the past, these prisoners typically get picked off one by one and they're either extremely injured or they die. And everyone cheers for the chariots because it's always stacked against the gladiators. And that's how the game is supposed to be played. However, Russell Crowe and all his leadership decides to tell the team that if they'll work together as one, they can beat the chariots and essentially change history. There's this point in the movie where he instructs the gladiators to interlock their shields and move as one. Now, I'm not sure if you're following me yet, but let me give you the punchline. This is a lot of organizations. They are individually skilled, individually talented. On their own, if you look at their resume, they are absolutely a gladiator. But the reason they get picked off by the market is because they can't work together as a team. Just like Russell Crowe looked around and said, individually, we're going to die. But together, we can beat the odds. It's the same thing that we have to do as leaders when we look at a team and see everybody really talented in their sales silo and really talented in their marketing silo and really talented in their product silo, but they're not talking to one another. Our job as a leader is to get that team to gel so well that they will interlock their shields so that no matter what comes at them, they can move as one. That's an important lesson. As a leader, I think it's critical that we get our teams to speak to one another, to collaborate together, and to move as one. Ultimately, the team that moves as one is always better than a bunch of individuals who are each talented in their own right, but they can't team together. Why is this? Well, When you combine the efforts and energy to move in the same direction, we are unstoppable. Most organizations are made up of individual players, but not powerful teams. A team that can communicate and collaborate best and move as one, they will always win no matter the size. Now that we've talked about teams, we should talk about leadership buy-in. Because there's really three key things that we look at If an organization believes in putting innovation at the epicenter of their organization, there has to be a focus for innovation. The executive team has to see innovation as a top-down initiative that's important to the entire organization. How will you know it's important? They will fund it. They will fund innovation either as a line item or as a department. And one of the ways you will know that this is important to the leadership team is They will see technology and innovation as a competitive advantage and a requirement for how they enter the future. And that person will have a seat at the table. Now, This is a really heated topic that people love to debate about all the time. And the question is, do we need an innovation department and an innovation executive? Because when you do that, it creates a silo. And shouldn't everyone care about innovation? My answer is it always depends. If your company is already innovative, then you probably don't need this. And here's how you will know. Ask yourself this question. Has my company released a new product or service in the last one to two years that equates to 15% of the overall revenue? I'd like to see significant revenue generating products released at least annually. And the speed to innovation has to be measured by how quickly you can get things into the market. Now, if this is happening, then innovation is a part of your culture. But let's talk about what needs to happen if this is not taking place. Well, you know what I'm going to say. You need to disrupt yourself before you're disrupted. It's time to shake things up. Slide a seat up to the executive table for an innovation executive to come in with a focus on how to ensure your company will survive the future through diversification of products, features, and overall revenue. And as we know, what got you here will not get you there. 2020 has proven that point for many companies as they scramble to evolve under the shaking that's taking place economically. Now, if no one in your organization is tasked with creating and executing on the future, I see that as a big red flag. Now, you may say, well, our CEO is tasked with creating the future. Right. But is he also tasked with executing on it? And those are two big, broad differences It's the combination of creation and execution that need to be tied together. Now, once you have leadership buy-in, let's talk about this ideation framework. Because here's the hard truth. We have to iterate or die. There is no perfect. We have to constantly be evolving. And innovation should be thought of as rails, not walls, right? You want to give someone the big vision, and that gives them the rails to ride on. Our team used to say this thing all the time. We would say we have freedom in the framework. The organization creates the framework and then each team should be empowered to have freedom within that framework. And there needs to be an innovation process. Someone that owns the process. Now, hear me clearly. They don't necessarily need to own innovation, but they need to own the innovation process. This allows for organization-wide changes that innovation may touch. Everyone in the organization needs to be able to feed into this process clearly and easily. And we don't think of innovation as a department, but as an approach to solving problems. And of course, innovation should exist to help you disrupt yourself before you're disrupted. So what's critical is to have a framework for ideas to be able to come into the organization We don't want this framework to be a black hole. When ideas go in, the team needs to see them come out the other side. Either prioritize is not a priority right now or prioritize is something we want to take the time to know more about and invest in. So when people see their ideas come into the funnel and come out the other side, it builds confidence in the process. Now, something that's so important about innovation is... You can't steal the idea and run with it. We have to give credit to the person that brought that idea to the table. We have to allow them to run it down and research it and let them invest in furthering their idea because they're the one that gave it to us. So one of my most important rules with innovation is no stealing. We can't steal their ideas, repackage it as something different and just run down the rails with it. We have to include them in the process, let them help build the idea and see it through to the end state. Now, once we have the ideation framework, let's talk about funding designation. Here's the hard truth. Innovation will always take longer than you want it to. It's not a microwave, it's a slow cooker. So does your organization pull funding for innovation when it's time for budget cuts? Warren Buffett was once quoted as saying, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Why? Because when people are fearful, they make really bad decisions. So we want to be able to make sound decisions even in the midst of crisis. And so the way we do that is we put an innovation strategy in place. We put a process in place in normal times. And we understand the return on investment that each one of these innovative ideas are tracking towards. This allows when the storms of life come for us to still be able to point to return on investment numbers that we're tracking towards. Now, maybe the ROI ratio will change a little bit, but you'll still get a return on investment even in hard times if you keep going with the idea. So, I feel like step one for innovation and funding is to put a stake in the ground, fund what matters and fund it well. Don't go halfway. If you're going to do it, invest and invest well. But here's something that's important. We talked about those ROI measurements earlier. Pull the plug early if you're not getting the return on investment. No slow moving train wrecks. Remember, creating the future is your survival. So when you invest in innovation, you're taking money and investing today in what will be your future product tomorrow. If you only invest in what you already have built, you're not betting on the future. You're only betting on tomorrow. But when you bet on the future, you invest in it. And so these ROI mile markers will help you understand if you should keep going because you're moving the marker or if you should stop because you're headed towards a slow moving train wreck. We don't want that. There's so many cautionary tales that I hope to share with you in the future about this, because I think this is an area where we really struggle when it comes to innovation. Okay, so let's talk strategy alignment, which is the last piece of this puzzle. Here's the hard truth. Your teams are not moving as one because they would rather play in their own sandbox. It's faster, it's easier, and they don't experience any resistance. So from customer experience to product strategy to sales enablement, alignment between these teams will make or break a product launch or any type of innovation you're trying to get out into the market. Where there's no plan in place, I've seen doomed (laughs) and failed launches. So teams have to coordinate and overlay their strategic plans. This requires the organization to have a strategic plan for the year. It requires each team each big area to have a strategic plan. And then we overlay those plans. And in consulting, we call these integrated plans. Because what we're looking for is gaps. We're looking for ways that we can adapt and shift when the economic pressures come. And remember, the company sets direction. Each department creates a plan. But don't stop there. We have to overlay them. This helps us understand where resources overlap and where resources are lacking. I once worked with a company where we found out that China and the U.S. were building the exact same product within the same company. An integrated plan would have caught this. So as you think about innovation, I want you to remember that innovation is no longer about individuals. It's about teams. And teams must move as one if they're going to be successful. Corporate innovation has to be managed very carefully. If you try to create it without thinking about the bigger picture, it will fail. First, build the culture, the structure and the process, and then build innovation. It seems obvious that organizations should set high standards for their employees, but companies fail at the last mile to hold employees accountable for their results. We know that innovation requires discipline. It requires process, experimentation, execution, excellence. But here's the most important point. It should be really fun. So don't forget to celebrate along the way. When employees win, the company wins. And you win when you can get your employees to move as one when you can fund the things that matter well, and you can get the organization in strategic alignment from leadership to to large teams. When we get people to move as one, that's when we experience real success in life. So thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. In the next several weeks, we have some incredible innovators to talk to you about their innovation process. And if you'd like to see where your company stacks up with their innovation index, head over to innovationmeetsleadership.com backslash innovation and check out the innovation index to get started. If you enjoyed this podcast, let's get the word out by subscribing, leaving a review and sharing this episode on your social media platforms. And remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership. And visit our site at InnovationMeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make Imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co